What is up, y'all? Welcome into the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. Donnie here with Jake Micah, as always, ready to talk some hoops. NBA is officially back. We have seen a full week of basketball now. Uh, we've gone a full week. Jake, how are you feeling? Are you excited for the show today? Always excited for the show. Always my favorite part of the week. It's not next anymore. Also, we should probably we're going live right now. Always live right here. Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a, <laughs> we we were treated to some crazy basketball in week one, which I feel like we should be used to at this point. I mean, the NBA is always chaotic, but we had a we had a crazy week one. There were some crazy games, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, Dunny, we almost lost Dunny, I think, to a heart attack Wednesday night opening yeah. opening night. I don't know. He almost he wasn't he, he was not well during that game. Um, and they, this your Celtics is we'll get into later. They they've been having a lot of those games for you. I'm sure that you've been ready to go into that too. And they're not the only oh, team though. There's been all sorts of really good basketball some crazy dunks that we've seen already um some teams that are popping off that we didn't think that were going to pop off um some teams that we thought were going to look you know dominant stumbling out of the gate so it's it's been it's been a topsy-turvy start at least and i think that we got some storylines that we weren't really expecting to come out with but how about you yeah i mean i'm just ex- excited we have everything back you know i think I think opening night was just a good, good indication that we we're going to get some madness because, you know, you saw the Brooklyn Nets kind of not even compete with Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks in that first game. And then, of course, in the late game, we had the Warriors upsetting King LeBron James and the Lakers, who are everyone's title favorite this year. So I like just how off rip, we, you know, we got some crazy excitement. And then, as you mentioned, you know, we have teams like the Chicago Bulls and the uh, Charlotte Hornets really getting up to a hard start, hot start in the Eastern Conference, with, uh, su- which surprised some. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. The, the Western Conference is a little bizarre other than the Golden State Warriors are obviously overperforming a bit. You know, it's early, so we can't have too many negative reactions here. But I, th- I think instead of saying uh... – Overperforming, we should just say that we were right. And yeah, true. We, That's I mean, we, we were right about the Warriors. Very high on the Warriors. So <laughs> very high on the Warriors. They're, they're perform performing at our standards. Our standards. The, yeah, at the happy hour hoops level of play. The rest of these um, fools yeah. out of here that didn't believe in the Warriors. That's on them. But we can't be associated <laughs> that is, with that. That is a, we, that is we, a personal we issue. A, we had official rankings. They were number two. We're, we're locking that in. I did. I should have put more money on something with the Warriors. Yeah. Um, so what do you want? What What's the first thing? What are, What do you want to get into first here? We've got We've got some burning questions, things that we've noticed from Week One. I mean, there's a lot of basketball being played, but what stood out to you the most? Uh, I mean, this was almost like I feel like right before the season started, people, you know, we're kind of getting a hunch that this may happen, but the Chicago Bulls, man. Winning again last Man. night on Monday night, um, starting 4-0 and now. I think everyone was real intrigued by the starting five they built this offseason, you know, which is the obvious Lonzo Ball. They got Zach Levine. Um, I don't know, Vooch. I don't know why I just drew a blank. DeRozan, Patch, you know, and then some sort of combination of Patrick Williams, Alex Caruso. 
So, you know, the core of this team was there, and I think at most we're excited about that, but it really we're, – we're starting to see that they can – you know, they have that talented core and maybe then some because people are worried about this bench, but it seems like they've been performing up and down. Now start 4-0. Lonzo Ball looks comfortable in this new setting. The You know, the three guys of DeRozan, Levine, and Lonzo are real fun to watch play together. Uh, you know, maybe we weren't giving the Bulls even enough recognition, even though they were getting a ton of hype. Yeah, like it, I, people were pretty extreme sides on the Bulls. It was either like they thought that they were just going to fall apart offensively or they were going to be like a top four seed in the East. And I feel like what we learned about the I mean, the Bulls. The Bulls beat the Pistons twice, so we just—I just want to preface that with, with that's the, the, the yeah, only thing that I hope we live is like, oh, like you know, the Pistons were literally the worst team in the league last year. That's why the Week One things like it's just like you could touch on everything Week One. You could make a disaster out of some team situation, and you could, you know, we could win the we could give the give the fucking Larry O'Brien to the Bulls here right now, too, if we wanted to. Or Charlotte, put it in <laughs> Some Charlotte, Some people too. do want to do that. Somewhere. Bulls fans do. This, that's why I put yeah. this stat up. I was like, 4-0 since 96. You know how they're feeling, bro. DeRozan looking with those little mid-rangers last night in that comeback, um, you know, yeah. against his old team. They they were feeling some type of way seeing that. Um, I think I think that's the biggest thing is DeRozan showed last night they beat the they beat the Raptors in Toronto. Obviously, that's going to be an emotional game for him, anyways. But took over in the fourth quarter in a game that they were like, I don't know, just dragging in. Like it didn't they didn't look, you know, like they were they weren't stepping on their throat, letting the Raptors hang around. And I don't know, are the Raptors just good? I guess we can we'll get into that later when we talk about your Celtics. Yeah, I, I haven't I watched say, enough Raptors. Put a beat yet. Down on that. <laughs> but um, but DeRozan took over late game, and you know Lonzo's not a guy that's usually been in that position. Levine, not really been in big games yet. Vooch is like you know you don't go to a big guy late in those games, anyways. DeRozan's like he's just gonna be that dude for them this year. Like you need somebody when nothing's going right, and you know Demar's gonna feel confident in that. I think that's what people underrated is the is the main point of it is that Demar. Everybody wanted to hate on the DeMar contract and say it was a weird fit with Levine and everything, but last night was the exact reason. They needed an adult star on the court that these guys could look up to, and he's literally one of the perfect examples. And whether this team is actually first in the East or they're just a really solid contender in a conference full of fucking really good teams, which is, I think, the, the was the biggest theme of the first week. Um, I'm bullish on them, but... It, it, bullish I on the Bulls? <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think about that. No, that's good. They play the Knicks tomorrow night. And tonight, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be out tomorrow morning. That Bulls, Knicks, they're both good. I'm so excited for that. But that's a real game. Yeah, they win that game. game. They win that game. That's a big win because beating the Pins is nice. Beating the Raptors is nice. I can't remember who else they – who their other game was against. But, yeah, I'm with you on Chicago. Yeah, and I just feel like they're kind of, you know, I do think they're going to fall out of this one seed eventually, you know, that they'll have their times. Maybe they'll fall out of it and go back in it. I don't think they will finish atop the Eastern Conference, but they are kind of the perfect team for the hype. Like Alex Caruso almost brought 
he almost brought a bit of showtime from Los Angeles to the Chicago Bulls. Like you watch the highlights of the Chicago Bulls thus far this season, and it's like full court passes from Lonzo to you know whoever Levine, are. Uh, um, DeRozan, and then you have Oops to Caruso in transition. He's still doing the classic headband celebration on the way back. You have Vucci. You know, Vucci is an exciting big man as it is. Like anyone that can is that big and can step out and knock down big outside shots, you know, down the stretch or just, you know, at any point in the game is exciting. So th- they're almost the perfect group to have all this hype around them right now. A lot of fun, kind of hard to hate the Chicago Bulls group too. No, it's it's been great. Um, speaking of a guy that's hard hard to hate, it might be the opposite for what we thought was going to be in the league. But Lamelo Ball is he's the yeah. darling of the NBA now. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's the, we reached that level. Like remember when Steph was first hit in all those threes, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Steph Curry!" And that's why everybody yeah. hated him for so much because they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" That's Lamelo now. And I feel like it's deserving. But the uh, the second place team in the Eastern Conference right now, um. The Charlotte Hornets, Donnie, you got to, you handed them their first L last night. What was your impression of the Hornets watching that entirety of the Celtics Hornets game last night? Yeah, so it, I actually do like that. Well, one obviously I like that the Celtics got the victory, but that was the first time I was able to watch a full game of the Charlotte Hornets in this young season, and it was honestly a treat because they are so fun to watch, dude. Like, talk about Miles Bridges. I mean, we see him weekly all over our social media, Instagram, you know, wherever you're going, you're seeing a video of Miles Bridges getting yet another poster. I mean, he literally bangs on everyone in the NBA. So that's always exciting. Then you have LaMelo Ball, as you mentioned. Like, it's funny because I was watching the the Celtics broadcast last night. So you have legends Mike Gorman and Brian Scalabrini on. And Mike, old Mike Gorman was kind of like, wow, like – he was even starting to hop on the, the Lamelo train. He was like, this dude is legit. Like, I didn't really see it all the way last year. But he's just making these nonchalant pass, passes from, like, three-quarters court, hitting Hayward in stride, like, over the defender. And it's leaving broadcasters speechless. And what about the one the one he hit Bridges on in the lane where he just, like, is running full speed? Yeah. He didn't even throw it to, like, a standing still Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges was, like, running, like, a curl route, and he was, like, coming around it still. He threw it to, like, a spot, and Miles Bridges was there for it. It was, yeah. it was nuts. But, yeah, keep going. Sorry. No, it is great. And yeah, I mean, that just that kind of stuff is the reason that he has the excitement that he has around him and the reason that all eyes are kind of on yeah. Charlotte right now. I mean, yes, they fell short to the Celtics in overtime last night, but they have they have a you know, an interesting team over there in Charlotte. They already have Hayward, you know, who's been playing well, Bridges, I just, as I just talked up, Lamelo, who, you know, people are saying he's going to be a top 10 player in this league in, in just a couple of years. I mean, he already has the size at point guard. He can make about any pass that any veteran point guard can make in the league right now. His jump shot gets better. I mean, he was hitting near logo shots against the yeah. Celtics last night. Some of them's coming, some of those coming late fourth quarter and in the overtime period. I mean, he's a gamer. Uh, he ended up fouling out of that game because him and Marcus Smart, you know, were kind of trading defensive plays against one another he got a little too chippy ended up fouling out but i mean that this is a team who hasn't even really had terry rogier on the court to start this no, season not at either. all 
So you got to bring that into consideration. They start three and one, don't have one of their best scores, but one of their best players in general, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, a lot to like from the two teams being led by the Ball Brothers. Yeah, that's that's I didn't. We should have just led with the Ball Brothers. That would have been the way to yeah. start it. It's, it's nearly their podcast. This is happy hour. I don't know. I couldn't think of something that quick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my question for you that you eloquently put how the the Hornets have looked. I have I saw a little bit of the game. Admittedly, I was paying a lot more attention to football on Sunday, but I was had on a screen the Nets and Hornets, which the Hornets yeah. beat up the Nets. Um, the Nets Crazy. are a whole other thing. Um, so I got I haven't I haven't seen as much Hornets as you have yet, but as from the parts of the games I've seen, a little bit of parts of every other game, I think it's just like yo the speed, the speed that they play with is just insane. And seeing like Kelly Oubre Jr. do what he's doing right now, wonders what the fuck was going wrong in Golden State last year. Like why could that dude not like he because they were trying to make like a spot up shooter. And it's just like, I don't know. The way the Warriors look this He started year, five for five last night. Yeah. The Warriors – the way the Warriors uh, used him last year, I feel like their offense is so much more, like, fit for him this year. But anyways, it's just he's he's been incredible to watch. Um, my question for you, though, is do you think that the biggest possible storyline of this season is now a Hornets-Bulls – Eastern Conference Finals, so much that we get the, all the Michael Jordan owner shots in that series. Yeah, just Could you imagine? They just MJ run back all time. They just run back the last dance in between every game. Like, just remember <laughs> this. That would be that. That's the most. I've never thought that I would ever want a Hornets Bulls Conference Finals for every reason, but now I think I'm that's there. The, I think I'm ready. That's for the it. narrative that the league doesn't know that they need yet, because you know. You can factor in all the MJ stuff, but what ev- what might take even more of the shine in the if that series were to happen is you know kind of what I just alluded to talking about the Ball Brothers running these two squads is Lavar would be on oh my God. every national media outlet you know throughout that entire series if we get a playoff series of Bulls Hornets it would be Lavar on first take with Stephen A just screaming at each other. I told y'all. I told y'all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I he's you, already. Both my sons going to the, one of my sons going to the <laughs> NBA Finals. I told and, you. You know, it wouldn't be crazy to think by this point that Leangelo's not, you know, elevated from the G League and is on how one the of these fuck, two teams' bench. How did we let this happen, Lamar? Lamar, Lavar has successfully infiltrated Michael Jordan's like legacy with both yeah. one son on his former team and one son on his current team that he owns all of. That's that's ridiculous. That is like the craziest possible scenario for the Ball Brothers to end up in MJ's orbit, and and it, and it working out. Like Lamelo is the first star that that Michael's ever had there, yeah. so he can't even like he has to like suck up to him. imagine imagine those contract extension talks when they come up with Lavar in the room. Oh my, strictly God. business. I would. Imagine. I mean, I mean, I'm sure. Lamelo at this rate, Lamelo is going to be getting the max whenever he wants the max. So it's yeah. just going to be whether he whenever wants to. Whenever he's eligible, yeah, yeah. But man, special man, a lot of possibilities. That's, that's something we're going to have to speak into existence uh, throughout the season. So, as much as I want those two teams to win now because of this, hopefully they don't beat up on the Celtics too much. But 
Well, you got the win last night. Do you want to get into your yeah. Celtics here? Yeah, we can we can go to that next. You want to talk a okay. little bit about the E-May experience? I do. I want to know what you I want to really want to know how your thoughts on the first four. It's been four games, right? Three, yeah, four games. Two and two. There's first four games of the E-May experience has been. Um, and mind you, that that is notwithstanding, as we talked about earlier, that you have been on the one great side of an overtime ridiculous high scoring affair yeah. last night in Charlotte. And on the wrong side of opening night in MSG, which is what we were referring to earlier, um, double overtime against the yeah. Knicks in a game that I've never seen. I don't know if I've watched quite watched a regular season game that felt like a playoff game more than that. Like that place was not rocking. to mention the first game oh of the season. God. Yeah. Yeah. The, especially the first game of the season. It's just it was nuts. So, yeah, just walk me through the eBay experience. Yeah, well, just real quick, I'm pretty sure that game, if I'm not mistaken, is the tied for the highest point total in an uh, opening night game in NBA history. So it, it was cool that, you know, we saw the first game, that it it was that exciting of a game. You know, double OT, I thought the Celts were battling in that game. You know, we couldn't really contain Julius Randle, uh, but no Al Horford that game. They battled back. Tatum was cold as cold can be, but Jalen Brown career high, 46 points. I mean, JB having 46 in the opener, like, I'll take that. Off of COVID, too? Yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting anything. Didn't play play basketball for 10 days, dude. He said he was meditating in his room. Hold up. That's why he he balled out, though. He meditated for two weeks straight and just – if you have, like, a clear mind, like, after doing that and you go hoop, like, that that rim looks – it looked like a basket, bro. It looked like a. It looked like I don't know something big and round that I can't think of right now. And that's was, oh my god. It and I feel like that's not like a Kyrie Irving type. Like oh yeah, I meditate. Like that's JB. Like probably telling the gods honest truth. Like that dude was probably crisscross applesauce on like the floor of his hotel room <laughs> on the rug, like actually meditating. And then yeah, he he showed out forty six points opening night. Really was carrying the Celtics. Missed a dunk in double overtime, which you know kind of ended up costing us the game. But like we mentioned, dude, he hadn't played basketball in ten days. Fresh off of testing positive for COVID, came out, dropped a career high. So you know the first game, a little disappointing, but I love the energy. Second game, I mean, they just got beat up Molly by the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes happened. Rookie. rookie <laughs> that's not what, that's not what you, should, you should have to say. Game two into the, his career. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. You know, Scotty. <laughs> no, but they just simply got outplayed. So many turnovers. I think, like, yeah. right under 25 turnovers for the Celtics, which isn't. So was, you that, know, they, was that an effort that, like, uh, we've seen them do this last year? in yeah. the past with them where they walk in and they just think they're going to run all over the team and then they don't know how to respond. It's just another one of those things. Yeah, it seemed like that. Um, and, yeah, they got steamrolled. They, I think they thought they had an easy win. I think they were confident maybe after the first game, even though they didn't win, just a double overtime, they kind of thought, all right, we, we have to win this next one, and they didn't. So that was tough to drop the first two and then bounce back and grab the next two. You know, they beat up on the young Houston Rockets without Jalen Brown in the third game. And then last game, again, without Horford, but they got it done last night in Charlotte. So, you know, how this has started with the new coaching experience so far in Boston, 
it's been good. I, you know, I, I like it. They seem to take a liking to the new coaching style. It seems there's a little bit more togetherness on this team, but it just sucks that we haven't, we still haven't really had a consistent roster. I mean, Brown and Horford have both missed games. Richardson. Yeah. Richardson missed opening night and Brown and Horford, more importantly, they're the two who are coming off COVID. So you have to imagine they're probably, you know, don't have their best legs under them right now. They're probably not a hundred percent conditioning wise. So, you know, I can't complain about the two and two due to the circumstances right now. And I'm slightly disappointed in the defense just because I think that was, you know, a focal point. Everyone's like top five defense for the Celts. I bought into that. I still think it's very possible. They have the most blocked shots in the league. Um, I think by a a pretty sizable margin compared to the next closest who's in second. So, you know, it's good. Rob Williams is big on that. Al Horford, big shot blockers, the two of them. So I'd like to see a slight improvement with the defense, but the the Jays and, you know, some of our new pieces are really doing it. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 71 points last night in a win. So, yeah, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but two and two, I'm okay with the email experience so far. That's fair. I mean, it's – I the one thing I – the same as you, the point that you hit on is I want to see, like, uh, an elite-level defense. Um, yeah. And I don't know, it, it getting more getting Richardson back in there and seeing, like, getting him – like, it's been weird. The the guard minutes have been, have been weird – not or not weird, I guess, just not what I was expecting. Um, I feel like there's still some room to figure out the rotations and everything. He's definitely been trying a lot of shit from what I've seen too. So, um, but glad to hear it. So positive thumbs up, one thumb up, two thumbs up, three if you had them. How are you feeling? I give one a, thumb yeah, up. Yeah, just a solid, just a solid regular thumbs Single up right thumb. now as far as the, where the Celtics are at. And I think That's high right. ceiling moving forward. High ceiling. All right. I'm good with that. I'm I'm going to I'm going to switch coasts on you now here. We're going out to LA. Let's go. Let's I've go got some words. I I have a few words for Lakers fans and the Russell Westbrook experience. Ooh. And Russell Westbrook fans. You know what? I've I've thought of a way like that we could really pop this podcast off. We could either just become a Russ stands and just go full Russ and just we get all the Russ fans on our side cuz they're strong. Or B, we just go anti-Russ, get that Russ stands angry at us, but we we get the rest of the internet back on our side. So I this is I'm teetering on the edge here. Yeah, this the the beginning of the, the beginning of the season. That's the, the those are going to be crucial. Which way we walk? Te- exactly. It's, it's I'm like scouting. Like I'm tonight's game on my schedule at eight thirty. I'm locking in tonight. Lakers Spurs. Just. I, to see Spurs, you know, Keldon Johnson been balling out, so that's always fun. But the Russell West, the thing about Russell Westbrook is that Russ, what Russ is always most successful when it's all about him. And so they, they, we've all, we've heard so this, all this talk last week about, oh, we got, you know, we got to implement this stuff for Russ, get him doing what he does best and everything. And I look at the box score, what I think Sunday night. And LeBron was like five of 15 at half or whatever in the third quarter at some point. And Russ had had like 18 shots or something and 13 and 12 assists already. He had nine assists in the first half. They, they ended up winning that game on Sunday night against Memphis. So it all worked out. Ooh, My point being, 
my point being is game one. Um, we didn't even talk about game one again, but the Lakers, Lakers be- losing to the Warriors game one. It was an mm-hmm. incredible effort by LeBron, incredible effort by AD, 34 and 33 points respectively. Russ obviously did not have a good good night. He was in the single digits for points, was kind of looked lost on the court. So the last two games, the Lakers have made it an effort to let Russ like, you know, let Russ cook. We're stealing that from our boy Russell Wilson <laughs> out in Seattle. Let him go. I'm just worried. I'm very worried about taking the ball out of LeBron James's hands at any point. <laughs> And yeah. letting Russ do Russ stuff is great when it's going great, but are you, are the Lakers really willing to like not to give the ball to Russell Westbrook and try to make it work out, but then minimize what LeBron James is doing on the court? Because that's what I've seen them do a little bit. It hasn't been a lot, so like I'm not, I might be overreacting, but it's a little bit in every game. And the more you do that, it's like okay, but it's still LeBron out there, and. Side note, I still don't understand why Anthony Davis isn't playing center. And I think that solves a lot of their problems because when you have LeBron, AD, Russ, and a center on the floor, there's no – neither none of them are elite shooters. Like even AD and Bron are like above average shooters. But it, it, it hurts the spacing too. So I don't know. Am I, am I, am I taking – making something out of nothing here with the Lakers or is there real concerns with what they can do you know, with the ball with, with both those guys. Yeah. I honestly think the biggest concern is themselves right now. Like I feel like even introspective, no, like, (laughs) yeah, in a way, like, but it's, it's almost like everyone, including like ourselves and, you know, the media trying to depict like what's wrong. And even internally, like, you're like, are they wondering if they need to get Russ involved too much? Like, are they doing too much to get the ball in Westbrook's hands? Is that bad for LeBron James? Like all the stuff you're talking about here, it's almost like like how many okay. times have we talked about their embarrassment of riches and like all the you know Hall of Fame talent they have across this roster? Like you almost need to get to a point where you just have this group go out and play. And obviously, some adjustments for sure they need to be made. But I think maybe with a group like this, you have to just let the kinks work themselves out because. I don't know if there is a, a perfect way to make this work Implement with so them. many ball. Yeah. yeah, with so many ball dominant guys on the squad. I mean, we we talk about James and Westbrook being the the two biggest pillars, obviously. But Anthony Davis, for his position, is a pretty ball dominant guy. Carmelo Anthony, his entire career has been, you know, a ball in my hands guy. And of course, we've seen Carmelo shift his game. But their last game, he had 28 points. Like, that's a lot of shots going to Melo there, too. I think they just have to find what works and, you know, get the best shot available. They have too many shot makers, talented players to, you know, really be getting caught up in if they're doing schemes wrong or this and that. And especially, you know, getting on each other the way we saw with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis the other night. It's like they're just – already setting themselves up to get jabbed by the media so early in the season. And I know LeBron says he loves that because he makes all the Instagram posts and be like, Oh, you know, keep, keep that disrespectful to like talk just as loud in the postseason as you are like now uh, during the regular season, you know, something corny he'll say, Probably, but I don't know, yeah. man. I, I think they're almost doing it to themselves right now. Like I, I feel like they're right. overcomplicating things. I think the media might be as well. 
Yeah, I mean, no one knows. No one knows Frank. I mean, Frank Vogel's their coach, and I promise you, he doesn't know. You know what the right scheme is to run when when Brown and Westbrook are on the court at the same time. Uh, This is one of those things that you kind of have to just sit back and watch. Like you said, like you're going to be tuning in tonight. You're going to want to watch this Lakers Spurs. That's because of the guys they have out there, and you know you think they should be winning games, and they probably should be. So. If it continues that these guys keep losing, yeah, it's going to be a concern. I don't know if we're ever going to figure out what the right recipe is, you know, until they just start displaying it for us. That's yeah, and that's exactly right. Like that's that's why I'm so interested to tune into them at any point because I just yeah. want to see. Like I want to, they do. They, I want to see all the kinks. All right, I'm I'm willing to give it more time. But it I'm could just, be the greatest show on the hardwood, but it you know it oh. could be a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, at this at this point in time, that's. It's almost it's almost like nowhere in between right now with these guys. There is nowhere in between. I'm I'm not I'm just I'm just noting that we're putting this I'm I'm noting it for the future, putting it on the record, my concern of seeing these two. Um, because I've never seen LeBron James defer in his career to anybody. He didn't do it to Dwayne Wade, he didn't do it to Kyrie Irving. Um, he's kind of done it to Anthony Davis, but like not really, yeah. Because AD doesn't need the ball, so this is like more the first so just test. asking Davis to like <laughs> grab more rebounds. Yeah, and if and if the person that he ends up doing it is Russell Westbrook, that's just like the funniest possible outcome yeah. in LeBron's career. Is that of all the people he's played with, it was Russ that he was like, you know what, this is the guy. He can take the ball out of my hands. It's never happened. It's never happened before. It's just it's interesting to watch. It's really like jarring to watch, but it's it's interesting to watch. Um, all right. Any any other teams we want to hit on before we hit our, our big uh our big story? Talk about the Warriors a little bit. The Golden yeah, you State wanna, Warriors. Wanna just at- give them their props here. Yeah, I mean, well, we talked about we, – we mentioned it a bit at the, the top of the show, but, you know, I feel like we talked about the teams atop the Eastern Conference. The Golden State Warriors are atop the West, 3-0. and Steph keeps doing it, you know, kind of a reminder of last year. They weren't the best team, but he didn't really have too much to work with. He was still dropping huge performances night in, night out. I, you know, I don't think anyone really expected them to be bad this season, but not too many people were willing to put them in the, you know, top half of their Eastern Conference standings. But like, like we mentioned, and like you said, we, we've kind of been back in this Warriors group. We believe in Steph. We know what he is. We've seen it for enough years. I mean, I would assume the, assume the entire basketball world has seen it for enough years, but I guess not. But yeah, I guess just give the Warriors their whole. Uh, as a whole, their flowers because, you know, for giving credit to the Chicago Bulls and all the hype they have right now, Golden State, man, three and zero, very small sample size, but they haven't lost yet, and they look legit. The young guys look legit. Steph's back. It's great. Steph is back. Lock great in the fu- lock in the the win the Western Conference odds right now before they start skyrocketing. That's what I'm saying. I- We've been trying to tell you for weeks the Warriors are going to be nasty, and all they've done is be nasty. My, you know what this is fucked up? I just got a phone call. I'm I'm hijacking the podcast quick, but my college, my beautiful Kent State University, calls me as a like it comes up as potential spam every night because they call me and try to get me to donate money. 
Like, oh my god! We just we we all just graduated. Me and you both just graduated in 2020, the worst year to graduate and ever. And these motherfuckers are calling. They're like, "Hey, can you give us a hundred dollars?" Like, no, <laughs> like I just gave you all this money, and now you want more? Like, leave me. And I love that it shows up as spam. So I saw yeah. potential Come spam, on, Kent, Ohio. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> um. Anyways, Steph Curry. Whatever money you aren't going to donate to your university, put it on uh, the Warriors winning the Western Conference. That's pretty yeah. much that's pretty much where I'm at with the Warriors. I think that their their ceiling is so high. The way they've looked now, if 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 Clay comes back and looks good, it's whew, they're dangerous, man. They are dangerous. Yeah, and we gave so we gave the Warriors their flowers. It's a good segue into this. It's a new oh, segment on the show, the Happy Hour Hooper of the Week. Jake, who is the Happy Hour Hooper of the Week? It is our boy. I'm going to imagine like a bell and sound. Dun, 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 sound, you yeah, know, Steph know. Curry. Steph Curry, Hooper of the Week. Um, I think it goes without saying. Dude just balled out. He didn't have a great game opening night, actually. Still had a triple-double, no, but he was 20, 11, say, and 12. Yeah. And Not then has just been, he just started cold that night. And then, you know, after that was just like, you know what? I'm gonna, I remember I'm good at shooting the basketball and just was lights out for two games straight. 46 point night, 45 point night. Oh, I can't spell. So don't, don't mind that. Yeah. Steph Curry, you deserve it. He's yeah, the inaugural. So- He'll probably get it a lot more. We mentioned they started 3-0, and then his averages through the three games, 31 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Mm-hmm. Obviously, MVP-like numbers. Small sample size, as we keep mentioning for all of this. We know we don't want to overreact, but we have to react to something. No, this overreact. is what we have right now. Let's so, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Fuck I might it. because <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. I don't know what turned for me, dude. I don't know if it's because if you're, uh, you know, if you podcast about basketball, you have to obsess over Steph Curry or what. But I had years yeah. of my life where I despised it's in the fine dude. print, and now I just really can't help but back him on everything that he does and the way he plays the game. I always respected him. Always knew how good he was. I don't know. Maybe there's just the years that Kyrie was in Boston, and you know they kind of had some battles with the Warriors in the regular season. Uh, yeah, really those know. games were those games were nuts. They were always yeah. like down to the mint last those, second. Bullshit, at the crazy Warriors shit. peak, for some reason, like the Celtics were the only team that really like gave them gave them a go in the regular season. Yeah, it was wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, I now I can't say enough good things about the guy. It's he's just so good for the sport of basketball. He single-handedly changed the game. I know we exhaust that, but he really did. And you know, people pay attention now because you you are getting it. We we are living the Steph Curry experience. He's not always going to be here. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, he had 25 in a first quarter already through the three first games. Um I feel like at this point, Steph's inviting the people to sleep on him. Kind of last year, you know, there's people across the league that thought Curry was the MVP and thought he even could have got it with the Warriors' subpar record. And then, you know, we're all just patiently waiting. No, no one is waiting, you know, as as much as Steph is, but for that splash bro to return, Clay yeah, Thompson's coming waiting. back sooner, you know, 
it's creeping up. He's going to be here right around the holiday season, and then the league should seriously be on watch because they already have a guy like Jordan Poole who's stepping up big time. Yep. Draymond's playing good basketball. I mean, yeah, we, Steph Hooper of the week, and for good reason. The Warriors are crushing it right now, man. I couldn't have said it better. Um, that's yeah. The I've I agree with you. I, I don't know. I the, people used to really hate Steph Curry, and people still there's still a lot of people that really hate Steph Curry. Um, as a Cavs fan, I was outside Game Six when he threw the mouth guard, and the uh, the amount of fuck Steph Curry like that. The whole city of Cleveland heard the fuck Steph Curry chants coming out of that place yeah. after that game. Um, but I, Steph is just one of those guys, man. He's just so like, he's just so incredible. Like you can't help but not watch. And it's also when you play against him, you realize how terrified you are of him the whole time. And you're that's that's when you really respect somebody like in sports. Like is when they when they when in their respective sport you're against them, you're just like literally on the edge of your seat, terrified something's gonna happen that's horrible for your team because this guy <laughs> just does it. That was my experience. You got the other end of this experience my whole life. I did not with Tom Brady was just knowing that anytime you're going against Tom Brady, something bad is usually going to happen to you. That's pretty much the same thing. And that though, that really was like the same timeline of the Steph Renaissance and the Brady re-Renaissance in those years. Yeah. It was all kind of along the same things where people were just like, this is just nuts that these dudes are doing this. So let's just like appreciate it. Like once, I don't know what to compare the Brady. Like, I feel like Steph has a couple of them, but Brady, like, sitting on the sideline with his head down, like, waiting to get the ball back is equivalent to, like, Steph shooting the three and turning around before it goes in. <laughs> or Steph hanging the mouthpiece out of his mouth. Or, like, maybe after, like, the first Steph shimmy after a three-pointer. That's just, like, you know it for Brady when he's hanging his head on the sideline and then, like, you you know it for Steph when he does like one of the those three things. The it, it just sure. puts fear into the opponents, like like you mentioned. Like people literally fear playing this dude. For sure. All right. Speaking of of his splash brother teammate that we were talking about, Clay Thompson. Oh, the boy. NBA seventy five came out, and I, I don't know. Me and you, I feel like we talked about trying to talk about the seventy five, but we didn't watch a lot of these guys. Um, yeah, I didn't watch most, so it's like I can't. I wanted, I needed to like look at the list, be like, take it in, be like, okay, I see all these names, and then like kind of see all the like older heads get angry about guys that weren't on the list, and then be like, okay, there we go. Like, let's see, let's let's jump and see where it is, just to give the respect of all these people that have actually seen it. Um, but the two mm-hmm. snubs that we've really had were Dwight Howard and Clay Thompson. Now we put po- we posted the other day, Clay Thompson. The Warriors got him a nice little 77 jersey for 77th best player, which is that's incredible. Clay should just change his number to 77 this year. That would, that be, would awesome. be the that would be the next level shit. Um, but that might hurt his legacy, and then maybe he'll never make the list. Exactly, <laughs> then maybe he would never get it. They they hurt his feelings. Do you think either of these guys have an argument? Think Kyrie Kyrie's another snub on there. He has an argument. What was your like impression of the list? The arguments came after. Do you think it looks fine? Like, I mean, some of the names that people are guys have taken off, like, is there anything like there? Because for me, it's just like you can make arguments for a number of these guys, like in any way, which way you want. Yeah, I feel like outside of like, I'll give it 20, but I feel like I could even like go in and find only 15 that you can definitely definitively say 
can't argue, like absolutely set in stone on this list. But outside of that, I feel like there's an argument to be made, like whichever direction you want to go. Like if you're, like you said, an older dude who got to see all of these guys play and can compare them to the current guys, that's just, you know, a knowledge of the game that I obviously don't have. I know, you know, most of, if not all the names on this list, that doesn't mean I know them as well as I know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who neither of them are on the list, obviously, but I'm just saying like players that I watch closely now. After that game Tuesday, after that game Wednesday night from Brown, though, come on. I'm not gonna say that because I don't want to get hate mail, but (laughs) hey, Paul Pierce is on on there and quite a few Celtics, but I was shocked. I was shocked. I kind of was too. I've and no one's I've even trying to take him I've off been, either. They're just yeah. all good with it. I'm like, okay, and he's not the right. name that like people are coming after, dude. Like maybe they respected the whole, you know, Paul Pierce going live on Instagram with strippers or something. <laughs> but no, yeah, no one's coming after the truth. That's why I've kind of been keeping my mouth shut in all this. Like to be honest, like I don't, I don't want to make a, you yeah. know come out and make a statement and people just be like, shut up. Like Paul Pierce shouldn't be on there. I'm like honestly, like I, I could listen to a couple of those arguments. But another Celtic that I want to bring up is like so many people are like, dude, like Kyrie, Clay, like Dwight, they're all better than Bob Cousy, dude. Like that guy couldn't play in like any of the last like four <laughs> generations of the NBA, which is like true. So that's why it's hard for me to even speak on it because I never even watched the dude play. I know who he is, He's obviously, because he's a Celtics legend. Um, but it is tough, and those conversations are literally impossible, and players from that generation and players from this generation can't be compared. So the list, you know, is already flawed just because of that reason alone. Yeah. But I I am glad that Clay did the uh, – and kind of laughed and was able to joke about the whole 77 jersey because, honestly – you know, he was worrying me a little bit. He Instagrammed twice about it. He Instagram storied saying that he was disrespected yeah, and he woke up upset. and then Instagram storied again and said, I slept and I'm still pissed off. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I get it. And like, he is one of the names that should be in consideration for maybe kicking some of these older dudes off or maybe dudes who are less talented than Clay. But I don't know. I, th- I thought he may have been making too much of a fuss about it. I think, in my opinion, Dwight Howard has the most reason to be upset. Dwight has the most reason to be angry. Yes. 100%. He has the resume. I mean, he does. Clay has an absolutely fantastic resume. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I actually saw one take that I liked that, you know, we, we should consider this list of just thinking about if you think about the 75 years of the NBA, if you take someone off that list, can the story still be told yeah. without them? And I have a hard time telling the 75 year story of the NBA without Dwight Howard yeah, because of the sure. impact he had when he entered the league and how much of that impact he carried for like his first six to eight. He years was, it league. was him, LeBron, it was like him, Kobe, LeBron, Wade, Mello. Yeah, those were the five guys. That's what it was. Dwight Howard. And then on was top of, of that, guys. he was the second coming of Shaquille O'Neal. And granted, yeah. obviously, that never amounted to be. And there is <laughs> well, no Shaq, Shaq bullied him. O'Neal. Shaq bullied yeah. him for his whole career too. So he, he had I mean, that unfortunately. <laughs> you know, from just him being absolutely massive all over every sports commercial. You know, the deals with Adidas. 
um, him on, you know, on NBA video game covers, the Superman dunk contest. And then he goes out and now he has a ring, obviously, with the last one with the Lakers. Um, he has one of the most impressive big, ma- big man re- uh, resumes ever. I mean, you talk about, you know, just defensive teams, all NBA first team, all star appearances, you name it. I mean, Dwight's got it on his resume. So, you know, he's someone obviously I think should be on the list if you're asking me. But it, it's just t- such a tough subject to consider and argue. And it, in my opinion, ultimately, it's kind of a waste of time. But I get it because this is their livelihood and how they're portrayed in the public eye. So I get when people feel disrespected being left off the list. But it, it's just just I hope I never have to, find myself in a situation where I have to be part of making a list like this. <laughs> well, I like how they did, they did it right where they kept the, they kept the 50 original from the last list and added yeah. 25 new ones, which is, I think that's the way you have to do it. Like keep the list the same and add 25 new names. Clay Thompson will be involved in the next 25. There's no doubt in my mind. At NBA hundred Clay Thompson will be in there. Um, Joy Howard should be as well. Do you think Bronny Jr. makes the NBA 100? What are the odds on that? We should get some NBA 100 odds. 25-year future bets. I want to put Bron- it in on Bronny Bronny. James. Bronny's getting it. Bronny's getting a vote. I'm putting LaMelo a vote in right now. Give me some LaMelo. odds on LaMelo. I'll buy some stock there. Tatum. Um, some Luka stock, some Tatum stock for sure. Not Zion. I would I would not no. touch the Zion NBA 100. Um, Trey Young is Trey Young an NBA 100 player? That's an interesting one. In 25 years, is Trey Young one of the 25 most influential I think players? So. Mm. I'm going to take a flyer on Anthony Edwards. I think he's already he should be on 75. <laughs> <laughs> that kid, that kid's literally going to be the he's going to be the you best get player. Play real mad. Send him well, a DM of what you just said. Yeah, no, and I think Anthony Edwards is going to be the best player in the league in like three years. That's my new, my new like poll. I'll stand on that hill and die on it at this point. I think <laughs> that kid is fucking electric and he's barely even knows how to play basketball yet. He started yeah. playing basketball junior year of high school. He has no idea what he's even doing out there. I hate he's when people say that. Well, on that. No, not, it just, it makes me <laughs> upset when basketball what? players who are in the NBA say that. When they're like, or when it's like a seven footer, and he's like, "Yeah, I started playing basketball like two years ago," and he's averaging like twenty well, ten in the league yeah. now. It's like, Cause, cause I Edwards... played basketball my entire life. <laughs> well, here's he the played... thing: is what they don't tell you is that he's talking about organized basketball. But yeah. Anthony Edwards probably played pickup since he was five years old and has been dunking on kids since he was like. He would probably and leave baseball practice dunk. and then just go <laughs> dominate the basketball team in pickup. Yeah. And everybody would be like, yo, you need to play basketball. And he's like, nah, fuck basketball. Yeah. And then somebody finally got to him and was like, no, like if you play basketball, you're going to make the league. And he was like, okay, sounds good to me. And now he's putting up 25. He's averaging 25 a game right now. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, you you got to love the Ant-Man. He's not but, even 82 games in. He's not even 82. He's not even a full actual yeah, season into his NBA career. And he's averaging that's 25. That is wild it's to nuts. Think about. But, All right. One one last thing on this list here before we move on. Yes. I will say, 
Because I do think where I do think Clay Thompson overreacted, in my opinion, I think, you know, at some point, I think, you know, he needs to drop it. And he did drop it. He, you know, we talked about how he laughed about it now and whatever. I think he was a little too mad. But if you are like if I'm putting myself in Clay Thompson's shoes, I'm looking at this list right now. And oh, I I do think he has a point, you know, where he looks and of course, Reggie Miller. But if you go to the point that what I was talking about, you can't tell the 75 years without Reggie. I get that. But I feel like he sees Reggie as one of the all time shooters like himself. I think Clay's a better shooter than Reggie already. And then he has the rings that Reggie just never got. And granted, Clay got them yeah. in part probably because he was playing with Steph Curry. But I just feel helped, like. Yeah. It, it's just it's guys like that and Kevin Durant. probably make him upset. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. But then like you know Ray Allen's on here as well, and like Allen played with Pierce and KG in Boston, and then got him with Braun and D Wade, and I don't know. I feel like it's guys like that who like he gets compared to He's, all the time. He, yeah, but he has more accolades than those guys. Or at least more more championships, and you know people already consider him a better shooter. So it's things like that where that's in my, you know the way I see it is probably what pissed him off when he looked at the list. I'm I'm with that. You know what? I was watching a Steph interview the other day, and he was talking about making. Uh, I think because he's about he's gonna pass he's gonna pass Reggie right this year or pass Ray Allen one of the two for three pointers yeah. made or something like that. And he was like, I know, like, the the general, if I hit three to four threes a game, like, on average, I know, like, the general area of time it should be this year or whatever like that. And he's saying, talking about those two guys, and he's like, yeah, we're he's really the past Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yeah. He he's said he's like 120-something-ish behind. 120-ish. So he's probably – so it's probably later in the season, like, almost near the end of the season then. Um not if he keeps playing like he is right now. Anyways, the point yeah. of this story was that he made a he made just like a slit one little comment about how him, Reggie, and Ray Allen are really the only three people in the history that know how that feel that know what it feels like to be able to shoot like that. And all, the first thought that went in my head is I was like, if Clay saw this interview, he would lose his mind. And oh, exactly, it's exactly to what you just said. I don't think he'd actually get pissed. He probably would rib. He probably definitely would chirp yeah. stuff about it and everything. But that's but just in agreement with what you're saying about where Clay thinks he like exists on that plane. He definitely thinks he is a better shooter than all three of those guys, to be honest. And that's to be a great shooter like that, you have to have that confidence. So it's not surprising at all. Um, Reggie is definitely the most interesting case, but like you said about telling the story of the NBA, like Reggie has a whole fucking documentary 30 for 30 after him. So it's just like, he's hard to, he had a whole last dance episode. Like Reggie's a, Reggie's a a prominent figure, but I know that dudes in the league are like out on Reggie a lot too. So yeah, he's a weird one. I I definitely, you know, all my comments aside, I think he should be on the list for what it's worth. I just, I had to bring up, you know, I was trying to dive into the, yeah, fuck Reggie Miller. Nobody likes Reggie Miller. (laughs) So it's okay. <laughs> Reggie, I'm sorry. If you ever think about coming on the podcast, I'll spread yeah. this out. You're all good. Once he's done with the Wendy's commercials, Reggie's Reggie's getting right on him. Nah, we need I love the Wendy's I would live no, me Wendy's too. I love I Wendy's. I would live him, the Reggie Bush one too. Like he's just out yeah. there eating the breakfast sandwich. I'm like that I would live that life all day. <laughs> oh man, that sounds great. All right, let we're getting out of here, but you're gonna give 
everybody yes. a dub tonight before we leave. Positive vibes only. Let it yes. Rip. So a new segment every time, basically every time we go live on here and there's games that night, I think I will be giving the people a player's prop of my choice for it's going to be from a game that's happening the night of, which tonight we have um, Steph Curry in the Warriors. I know you, we've probably exhausted you guys with all the Warriors talk, but Steph Curry and the Warriors are taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder in about a half an hour Eastern time right now at 8 p.m. Steph Curry over six and a half assists. The odds on that are plus 140 according to DraftKings. Steph Curry over six and a half assists. You know, pretty weak opponent in the Oklahoma City Thunder. You can expect Steph to be getting his teammates involved early. He shouldn't really have to do too much shooting. I'm sure he will. But I'm anticipating a big game from Steph and a game where he gets his teammates involved. Over six and a half assists for Steph Curry. Lock it in. Fade or follow if you dare. And that's the prop. Sorry, I was trying to unmute myself there. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, if you dare, because it's it's spooky season out here. We yeah. need to talk about Halloween is Sunday. We're gonna miss Good Halloween enough. with this podcast. Uh, any Halloween wishes there? What's your favorite Halloween candy? That's what we're gonna leave on. Not candy corn. I actually tweeted about it today. Candy corn is you tweeted about gross, dude. God damn it! I tweeted about how much I hate candy corn. I said it's an insult if someone offers me candy corn. That's I take it as an insult. Oh man. But I love if I do corn. have to answer, I don't know. Is there like, I guess candy corn is the only like Halloween candy I can think of. Well, like, just whatever like, candy. Any, like any stuff what that I would get in my bag when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. If you, what would you be most The mini Milky Ways yeah. have always been a staple for Close me. Close to your heart. The fun size Milky Ways. Yeah. Okay. That's solid. I, I agree with that. I love, I'm a candy corn truther through Ooh. and through. I honestly, Great. I think I found this out. I don't know when it first occurred to me that there was like a big contingent again that was so anti candy corn. It was probably yeah. in college. I think freshman year college, I was me. exposed. I, I I think I went to like a, a one of those pumpkin patches or something. There was candy corn. I got hyped and someone like called me out like that. Like, it's like, what the man. fuck are you talking about? I was like, yeah. well, what do you mean? I didn't realize it was so passionate. Everyone's so. like, yo, just just put that down. <laughs> We're gonna pretend like we didn't see that. Like, yeah. We're not going to say anything again, but just, yeah. you know, let's relax. I probably never saw those people again. You know, they probably done with me after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't realize that candy corn was so aggressive. I'm a big candy corn guy, though. Um, I'll defend it through and through. That's not my favorite, though. I would have to go with Reese's, little little fun size Reese's. You can't go wrong. You can yeah. look, or, or you know what I would really enjoy, too? Smarties. When I was little, it's just pure sugar dude. going, like, straight yeah. to your veins. I still bro. like you Smarties so a lot. Oh, yeah. It's literally just a little cube of sugar, and you're just ingesting, you know, 18 packs of them because they're so tiny, and then you're not sleeping for seven hours. But it sounds great to me. That's what I'm going yeah. with. Smarties, Smarties and Reese's. That, that's a, that's dinner tonight, baby. That's what we're going with. All right. Anything, anything to leave with here? Anything no, else? that's it. All right. Well, follow that's us it. at Happy Hour Hoops 1, uh, TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Happy Hour Hoops. For Donovan Holden, this is Jake Micah. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy basketball. Stay Enjoy hydrated. Halloween. 
stay hydrated, eat some good candy, whatever, whatever you got to do. <laughs>